Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Interviewing top sports personalities from around the nation in order to provide you next-level insight and analysis into your Cleveland Browns. Blue Wire Hustle proudly presents All Eyes on Cleveland. And now, here is your host, Brad Ward. Welcome to another edition of All Eyes on Cleveland. I am your host, Brad Ward. Tonight, we take a look towards Sunday's matchup when the Cleveland Browns will host the New England Patriots. And to help us do that, we have a very special guest, Christopher Price of the Boston Globe, uh, covering the Patriots. Uh, He also uh, is a uh, co-host of Believe Podcast, The Patriots Report with LeGarrette Blunt, and a six-time author, six books. That's quite, quite impressive, his latest of which is called Bleeding Green, A History of the Hartford Whalers. How you doing tonight, Chris? I'm doing great, Brad. How you doing? I'm doing I'm doing okay. You know, trying times here, Browns fans. So, you know, it is uh, it is what it is, We're uh, but we're getting through. Um, looking forward to this one on Sunday. Well, sort of, you know, the last two times it's been kind of uh, unkind to the Browns fans. Uh, <laughs> last few times they've faced off against Belichick and company. Um, I want to start there with you, though. Um, it's kind of so when you talk about Bill Belichick, I, I wonder how he is perceived now that Brady has departed, and uh, you know this is kind of taking on his his career post Brady. How is he viewed amongst New England Patriots fans currently? I think his reputation amongst Patriots fans took a hit for a couple of years as we started the post Brady era here in New England, because obviously Tom goes on to win a Super Bowl and, you know, the Patriots kind of struggle and, you know, just kind of barely get back to the playoffs last year. But I think things have started to turn a little bit for years and years around here. We, uh, you know, heard the mantra over and over again in Bill, we trust. And I think that's slowly starting to come back around here with this team. I, I, you know, there, there were certainly questions, particularly on the offensive side of the ball at the start of the year. But having gone through three different quarterbacks and, you know, they, they have a shot here to make a run. You know, they, they're, they're entering what can be perceived uh, by some as a relatively soft spot in the schedule. And sure. that's what it takes, you know, Bailey Zappi to get some significant snaps underneath him and let Mac Jones heal up. I think that's an ideal situation. So I guess ultimately to answer your question, uh, his reputation did take a hit here, but I think the pendulum is kind of swinging back in the other direction, at least over the last couple of weeks. Um, as far as legacy goes with him, Don Shula at 328, right? Total wins. Do you think he gets there? Does he have, does he aware of that and have a desire to get there? You think? Oh yeah. 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 That that's, I think, and obviously Brad, I mean, he wants to compete and he wants to win week to week and he wants to continue to be a teacher and, you know, be in the mix, 
you know, at least theoretically for Super Bowls. But that's what drives him. At the, I really think at this stage of his career, he's really super competitive in the chance to be in the chance to be able to, to upend Shula, I, I think would be would, you know, would really appeal to him. I think when, when you throw in the postseason wins and, and I think that's what the Dolphins do. Um, Shula's at 347 right now and Belichick is like 20 something behind him. And so, look, it's not going to be like it was, you know, during the first two stages of the Patriots dynasty. It's going to take a little while longer. But, you know, that's two plus years away. And, and I can completely see it happening, especially if they believe Mac Jones is the guy and he can get him to, you know, between eight and 11 wins a year. Very interesting. Um, let's. That's a perfect transition here. So I saw you post. Uh, I was looking at the injury report on our side, and I saw you post the injury report. I actually retweeted it, uh, or you retweeted it from somebody, and I retweeted it. But you mentioned, or somebody mentioned, that Mac Jones limited today. I know that uh, obviously Bill, uh, our coach Belichick, plays this stuff very close to the vest. Do you expect to see uh, Bailey Zappi or Mac Jones on Sunday? I expect to see Bailey Zappi on Sunday. I, I think that the Patriots would love, again, the opportunity for Mac to take another week to heal up, to be something close to 100%. Um, in the way Bailey Zappi is playing, and frankly, the way Matt Patricia is kind of handling him on offense, I think they're coming into a good situation here, especially when you have so many offensive difference makers continuing to step up for New England on the offensive side of the football, particularly Ramondre Stevenson. We had a career week last week against the Lions. And look, the Lions kind of are what they are. Yeah. But if you can get 100 yards out of Stevenson, if you can get at least 100 yards out of one of your receivers, whether it's Devontae Parker or Nelson Aguilar or Jacoby Myers, and you have this defense playing like they're capable of playing, you know, operating at peak efficiency, this is a pretty good football team. And, and yeah. I think that, that ultimately the opportunity to have that group out there with Bailey Zappi giving Mac Jones another week to rehab, I think that would be tremendously appealing for the Patriots. What, what do we get in Bailey Zappi? What's your what's your scouting report on Bailey Zappi? Do you like him uh, for his upside? Do you like him as a, a potential future piece there? Or is they going to try to make him a long-term backup? I mean, what, what do you see in him? I think the biggest thing for him right now at this stage of his career, Brad, is that he takes care of the football. Sure. He does not make stupid mistakes. He, he doesn't throw the ball into traffic. He's got one interception in really kind of, you know, these mostly two games that he's played, and that really wasn't his fault. It was a batted ball. He doesn't take a lot of chances. He relies on the guys around him, and I think that's tremendously, you know, I, I think that both Patricia and Belichick really like that about him, that he's not, you know, he knows when to take a sack. He knows when to throw the ball away. He knows, you know, he, he, he knows enough to rely on the guys around him, the veterans around him, and, and that's worked for the better part of two games. And I think that's what's most appealing to him at this stage of his career. He's a little bit inconsistent when he tries to go downfield. He's not always accurate with the deep ball. Um, sure. But he's a guy who is still learning a lot of aspects of the game. You know, he's still in the, in the, you know, the infancy of his professional career. But from what we've seen so far, he's certainly taken enough steps in the right direction to you know, lead you to believe that you can toss him the car keys and he's not going to drive the thing into a ditch. Yeah, that and that's probably all they want from him right now. Basically, is don't drive it off the road, right? Um, and it's uh, interesting to me, and I would, you know, Chris, I wanted to ask you this as you were mentioning Matt Patricia and the offense, and you know, at the in the preseason, and people were kind of looking at the Patriots out of the corner of their eye, like, what? Who's going to run the offense? You know, Patricia, 
kind of known as a defensive guy, right? And uh, you know, so what is that? What is that like? I guess hierarchy look like on the offensive side of the ball is Matt Patricia call the plays for them right now or is Bill Bill how much is Bill involved in that do you have an, an insight into that it's Patricia who's calling the plays right now specifically working with Bailey Zappi it looked like at least from the outside you had a situation where you know you had Judge working with one quarterback and you had Patricia working with another and, and maybe that's to kind of create a level of continuity I don't know but look interesting you know and, and I've said this before that you know we can crush Patricia for any number of you know issues that he's had, either perceived or real, you know, in regards to the 2022 Patriots so far, you, you can't crush him for the way he's handled Zappy over these yes. two games. I think he's done very, very well to minimize the weaknesses, maximize the strengths, put him in positions to succeed, and that's also you know obviously the guys around him and they're playing good complementary football, but a lot of that goes back to the play calling. You know, they're they're not taking a lot of deep shots downfield, which I, again. You know, I think is one of the you know the more inconsistent aspects of Zappi's game. He's relying on the run game. He's relying on guys who can make plays for him. Specifically, you know, guys like Stevenson and Harris when he's healthy, when he's been out there. Um, Jacoby Myers is eminently dependable, no matter who's throwing him the ball, whether it's Mac Jones or Bailey Zappi or Brian Hoyer. So, um, you, you know, really, Patricia has has had a large hand in in the success of this offense over the last couple of games. Uh, and it's going to be interesting to see the progression moving forward. If it is indeed Zappy on Sunday, I would expect him to take a little more, you know, kind of, kind of take some more steps forward, you know, maybe yeah. open things up a little bit if he feels comfortable doing this or there are opportunities to go downfield or if there are opportunities. I, I, I just think that, you know, he's handled Zappy pretty well so far. Yeah, that, it's a really interesting situation. You're uh, listening to All Eyes on Cleveland with uh, special guest Christopher Price of the Boston Globe, uh, six-time author and also co-host of the Patriots Report of Believe Podcasts with LeGarrette Blunt. Um, I wanted to ask you uh, specifically about uh, Jack Jones on defense. He's quite the story. He has kind of come on here. Uh, a lot of people talking about him. How, how did he emerge and... Will we see him a lot on Sunday? You're going to see him a lot on Sunday, yeah. This is a young man who's come on very quickly over the last couple of games. The Patriots in the offseason lost J.C. Jackson to a big free agent deal with the Chargers. They had an mm -hmm. opportunity on the outside. Um, they, they've gone with a couple of different combinations. Uh, Jonathan Jones moved from the slot to the outside. He's had some good success. Jalen Mills has been up and down a little bit, but for the most part, he's done well as a good complementary piece. But J.C. Jackson, or I'm sorry, um, uh, Jack Jones has emerged really over the last couple of games. And for my money, he's made the two biggest defensive plays this season. He had a pick six, a pick six against Aaron Rodgers and the Packers last or the week before, and then had the big interception right on the goal line toward the opening of the game against Jared Goff. And so that was uh, really a game changer, you know, momentum changer in the early going for New England. So, yeah, he, he's performed very, very well. The whole rookie class, I, I think, really has has yeah. exceeded expectations. You know, you can talk about Zappi. You can talk about Cole Strange, the first-round pick, the guard. Yep. Um, you know, I think he's certainly played well. Jack Jones, Tyquan Thornton even got a bit of a run this past week, uh, a young receiver that they have very, very high hopes for. So uh, Jack Jones has come on, but he's part of a, a group of first-year players who I think have, have started playing very well and playing very important roles for the Patriots. Yeah, definitely. You know, Cole Strange, a part of that offensive line that is fourth 
uh, ranked by PFF right now. I think I saw in, in, mm-hmm. in the Browns at second. So that kind of makes me think that this game is going to be a, a bit of a slugfest uh, potentially here. You know, the Browns got gashed defensively in the run game the past couple weeks, and that's a, uh, a weak point here. And surely the, uh, New England has seen that. Do you expect them to just kind of continue to try to pound that, and that's what they do best here on Sunday? Are we going to see a, a healthy dose of Stevenson, you think? Yeah, I, I think that's that's going to be you know their bread and butter. I, you know, Stevenson, given the way he's run over the last couple weeks, I'm going to be fascinated to see how they try to maybe augment the depth at running back because Harris is not going to be able to play. Right. Uh, and if they just you know give the ball to Ramondre 30 times or something, and you know because they really don't have any other backs, um, they have a couple of youngsters in um, uh, you know specifically Pierre Strong, but he's not really the kind of guy you want to roll with. I know they they just added David Harris. Uh, a couple hours ago, you know, officially. So I, I, I think Harris is the way to go. I'm sorry. I think uh, Stevenson is the way to go. You know, he's really running well. He's got a ridiculous yards per carry average. He's just, he's on pace to finish with, I think the third or fourth most rushing yards in Patriots history. Look, it's only five games in, but this is a guy who's really done well and really exceeded expectations. So I think they're going to, you know, use some of the short and intermediate passing game. I wouldn't be surprised to see Jacoby Myers get a you know a healthy dose of work, and you know you're you're going to see Parker. You know if if slash when they take shots downfield, you're going to see Devontae Parker, maybe Kendrick Bourne and Nelson Aguilar kind of working in the mix. But first and foremost, this is going to be a team that's going to run the ball on Sunday. Interesting. Uh, yeah, I, I figured as much, but, it, you know, I, I looked at some of the numbers and Jacoby Myers has had a pretty good average per game. And, uh, you know, they, they have a, a decent amount of uh, larger play, like splash plays, so big plays. So it's interesting uh, that they've worked those in and and uh, on this offense that has kind of been uh, manned by two quarterbacks so far. Let, let me ask you this, uh, Chris. It, defensively, you know, we Coach Belichick is known for his week in, week week out, team centric game plans. How how do you think he goes about trying to stop the Browns? You know, uh, multifaceted run game. I think it's going to lean. It's going to lean on a couple of guys. I think first and foremost, um, Lawrence Guy is incredibly important to what they want to get done defensively, specifically against the run. He's one of the more underrated defensive tackles in the league. Very very important. Uh, is able to occupy a lot of space, really smart, heady veteran. When he's been in there, they've done really well when it comes to slowing the run. And, you know, look, some of the numbers have, you know, kind of vacillated because he's been in and out of the lineup because of injury. But if he's in there on Sunday, I think they're going to be in good shape. Um, I'll also put Matthew Judon into the mix. I think a guy who is, at least right now, at least in the conversation when you talk about defensive player of the year, um, six sacks through the first five games, really doing a good job off the edge opposite Dietrich Wise, who I think has also done well, but Judon is getting most of the sacks and, and most of the notoriety. And then the third guy for me, really guy we haven't talked about yet is Kyle Duggar. Kyle Duggar has really come on well, a young safety who really works an awful lot against tight ends, but can be physical. He can play in the box. He can offer run support. I, I want to be cautious when I make this comparison because I don't really make it a lot, but he reminds me a little bit of a young Rodney Harrison in that he's just a really smart, physical player who can do an awful lot out there on the field for you. And he's been in and out of the lineup a little bit. So, look, if you get if you get Guy and you get Duggar and then you have Judon and Wise continuing to play at that level, I think you're going to see a really talented New England defense out there. But for me, when it comes to specifically run defense, I, I really think Guy is, is the key figure here for New England. If, if you can have a healthy Lawrence Guy in the field – 
against that Cleveland run defense. That's going to go a long way toward executing your ultimate defensive game plan. Um, I always ask this when we have guests on to talk about the upcoming game. What, what are New England fans saying about this game as far as is this feel like a winnable game to them? When you hear the, the narratives around this game, does this feel like, hey, we're catching the Browns at the right time or uh, this is really winnable, this is, a, this is a good shot for us? What's the narrative around this game as far as fans are concerned? Yeah, I, I do. I think it's a winnable game. I think they consider it a winnable game, and I think it's the start of a, of a portion of their schedule where they can really start to make some noise in the AFC. When you look at who they who they face after this, you know, you have the Browns, which I think, you know, no disrespect, but I think that's a winnable game for New England. Yeah. And you're, you're home against the Bears, you're at the Jets, and you're home against the Colts and the Jets. And so you have a New England team right now that's sitting at two and three, that if everything falls right over these next five games, and again, these are winnable games. There's no layups for this team because the margin for her is so slim, but these are winnable games. You could see them all of a sudden wake up on Thanksgiving at seven and three. And so I think a lot of New England fans see this, you know, in really the Detroit game as kind of the start of an opportunity to really make some noise in the AFC. Because after Thanksgiving, it gets a lot harder. You got the Bills twice, you got the Bengals, you have the Dolphins. You want to be able to build up that resume. You want to be able to build up that currency with those pre-Thanksgiving wins uh, and, and then maybe put yourself in position to make some noise. But yeah, ultimately, really, I think a lot of Patriots fans see this as a winnable game. They're getting the Bills at the right time. There's no Deshaun Watson. The, yeah, I'm sorry, the, they're getting the Browns at the right time. There's no Deshaun Watson. They're a little bit banged up, at least from the outside. It looks like they're having trouble closing games. There's some quote, question marks on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, it, it just seems like they're catching them at a good time. Yeah, question marks on the defensive side of the ball is a nice way to say that, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> um, the uh, I wanted to, before I let you go here, and you've been fantastic. I did want. Yeah, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you about a couple ex Browns over on that roster. You ready? Showtime on May third. Summer starts with the Fall Guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. Uh, Jabril Peppers. Is he playing at all? Yeah, he is, and, and he's he's part of a group. It's really interesting, Brad. one of the things that the Patriots did this off season. They were old and slow at linebacker, quite frankly. And one of the things that they did was they didn't necessarily go out and get a bunch of linebackers, but they got a couple of oversized safeties. And sure. Peppers is one of them. We talked about Kyle Duggar. He's also part of that conversation. So it's been a way for them. Adrian Phillips is back for another year in New England. They have these guys who are a little bit bigger than usual safeties. They can run a little bit like linebackers, and they can still hold up against the run as well. So, yeah, Peppers is... Peppers has not only uh, become an important part of what they want to do on defense, but he's also one of those guys who's been a real good veteran, you know, a a guy who I think has, you know, kind of silenced a lot of the doubters here in in New England when it comes to whether or not he can still play. I know he had the injury history, but yeah, he's in a good spot right now with with those safeties there. Uh, that's, That's a really deep part of that roster for him. It is. You know, the secondary, just as I'm looking at the roster here, just the secondary itself, uh, you know, deep at corner, deep at safety, 
Uh, it's actually an impressive uh, group there for sure. The other guy I wanted to ask you about, Chris, uh, it was Mac Wilson and that weird uh, Winovich Vinovich trade uh, <laughs> player for player. Uh, kind of just uh, giving them each a, a chance to uh, relocate in a new atmosphere. How has Mac Wilson done? I think he's been up and down. I, I think there are times where he hasn't quite fit for whatever reason, but he's still getting a lot of playing time. I, I know that I know that Bill likes him. I know that Bill likes his contributions. I, I think he's kind of gone back and forth between getting significant snaps on defense as well as playing special teams. And look, with Belichick, that's not necessarily a knock because he does value special teams so greatly. Sure. Yeah. Uh, when I say that a guy has kind of been relegated to special teams, it's not necessarily you know putting him down for his work, but. Um, I, I think that he still has room to grow within the system. I think he's done well, and I think he's shown enough to be part of that rotation moving forward, part of that rotation that they have at the linebacker position. But again, like I said before, they're doing some things between linebacker and safety that are kind of non-traditional. They're, they're putting more safeties out there right now than linebacker. And look, part of it is just the league that you know the NFL is right now. It's more yeah. of a passing league. But when he's been in there, I think he's done well. Yeah, it's kind of the way of the league, right? It's a linebacker position is just getting lighter in general yep. uh, across the league as we see it uh, turn into uh, you know a pass-focused league. So kind of a throwback here on Sunday with two running teams like this. So uh, it'll be a lot of fun. Uh, Christopher Price of the Boston Globe uh, Believe Podcast, The Patriots Report with LeGarrette Blunt, and of course uh, his latest book, Bleeding Green, A History of the Hartford Whalers. Uh, tell me a little bit about the book and where, where people can get it. Uh, it's everywhere now. You can you can get a pre-order on Amazon. It's going to be released uh, wide, you know, in in bookstores uh, probably in a week or two. Um, but it was a labor of love for me as a kid who grew up in Connecticut, rooting for the Whalers. I always tell people it's my curse to root for a team that doesn't exist anymore. So, you know, <laughs> getting, getting a chance to talk to some of those guys was an awful lot of fun. Ron Francis, Mike Liu, Kevin Deneen got some great stories. I think if you're a hockey fan, not just a Whalers fan, but I think if you're a hockey fan, you really enjoy it. Very cool stuff. I can't thank you enough for your time, Chris. You've been fantastic. And uh, we will uh, enjoy this game on Sunday, and uh, we appreciate the insight into the matchup. My pleasure, Brad. Take care. All right. Have a good one. Christopher Price of the Boston Globe. Uh, he is also co-host of the Patriots Report at Believe Podcasts with LeGarrette Blunt, and he has just authored his sixth book, uh, Bleeding Green, A History of the Hartford Whalers. So we appreciate him taking his time out tonight uh, to visit with us here on All Eyes on Cleveland. Listen, folks, this is going to be a tough one. You know, um, I mentioned to him the team-centric approach that Belichick takes each week, um, and he has dominated the Browns with that approach in you know, 2019, which was a weird game we referenced a little bit last night uh, with the Chubb f two fumbles and um, one of them after like an 80-yard run uh, where he looked like, you know, he wasn't going to be denied and get them back in that game. And then that's kind of spun out of control. And then last year, the absolute beatdown that they took, um, you know, Belichick glowingly spoke about the Browns uh, and, and his presser uh, yesterday uh, referencing Njoku and Stefanski actually said Njoku he thought was the uh, second best tight end in Brown's history after Ozzie. Uh, so interesting stuff from Belichick there. This, this, you know, this game for me kind of comes at a bad time. Like I think this team is beatable, but at the same time, 
like, you know, I've heard some other people break down this game and they're like, oh, the Browns' talent is just so far superior. I, I mean, when you look at the defensive side of the ball here, I think the numbers skew a little bit strangely um, for them. There are a lot of talented. Kyle Duggar is a dog. Uh, they have some really good corners. Uh, I think they play, um, my understanding is they, they don't really play much of a base with three linebackers on the field. Like they're gonna, they're gonna put athletes up in the box and try to stop the run that way. Lawrence Guy, as he mentioned, will play a big part in that and stuffing that run game. But, you know, as we know, the Browns will get multiple. They'll switch up, you know, schemes as they need to, to try to achieve that, that running game. Um, success that they have you know i think that this is a game where um play action shots at the right time will be a huge part of what the browns have to do uh to try to hit some big plays on this defense um you know run run you know third and short second and shorts taking your shots when you can there um and uh you know stefanski who lost this chess match brutally uh last year we hope can come uh, more prepared to handle that the the bigger concern than the offense though and because i think the run game will find a way to make it work and i think that that uh the offense will be prepared enough to put some points on the board in this one the biggest concern obviously is the defense is today miles goes from limited to did not participate anytime late in the week you're trending the wrong direction on an injury report it's not a great sign i i think that maybe he will still play on sunday but browns are dinged on that side of the ball uh it'll be very interesting to see if uh their uh Deion Jones their latest acquisition who spoke to the media um said they were taking it day by day if he plays will he have an effect um how much are they going to expose Jacob Phillips after making that move uh you know this is probably a weekend where they can get away with playing base more than they have probably all year and probably will all year so you know it's an advantage for them to probably be able to keep Taki Taki on the field um when you're playing facing a team that you know is going to run the ball extensively at you or at least until you stop them so I, I expect them probably to play more downs in their base defense than they have all year and probably will all year this weekend because that's just what New England does they you know their tight end will be on the field just about every Hunter Henry will out there be out there just about every down um and they will you know bring in tackle eligible players and go heavy and uh the Browns will have to match that personnel on the defensive side of the ball and something's got to give here folks because they can't come out and, and get gashed the way they did against uh the Chargers and this is a much more effective running game than the Chargers had coming into that game. So hopefully Joe Woods and company have something schemed up to try to take some things away and create some problems there for this uh, uh, offense. But it's a scary game for me. It's a scary game for me. You know, it feels it's certainly a winnable one. Um, But as I felt kind of good about going into the the, um, Chargers game, 
I don't have that good feeling, unfortunately, uh, going into this one. Now, I hope they can pull it out. I think if it is, you know, if you catch the Patriots on the right day and you force Bailey Zappi into a mistake, then you can win this game and you can even maybe win it and not the final moments of the game, which would be really, really nice to do. Um but I just feel like it's going to be kind of a, just a slugfest, right? This is just going to be uh, two teams that run the ball, uh, just going at each other. And um, I, I worry about how prepared that defense will be in just one week, two weeks in a row getting gashed and really uh, without some significant players, potentially some really significant players on that side of the ball. So it's going to take some guys to step up. It's going to take some some scheming, some some chess uh, from from Joe Woods that has been lacking thus far this season to uh, dial up uh, some stops in this one and um, give the offense their chance to uh, continue to play well uh, against what is probably, you know, I think a, a little bit of an underrated defense. I think this defense is better than than people are giving them credit for uh, when you look at this roster. So uh, that's where I stand with things. You will hear from me again, as usual, uh, with Jake Burns for our game day preview joint collaboration uh, with Jake and the OBR Film Breakdown. Uh, but uh, thanks again to Christopher Price of the Boston Globe uh, and Believe Podcasts, The Patriots Report, where he co-hosts with LeGarrette Blunt. Uh, that has to be a lot of fun, and give that a listen. They think they can win this one, folks. As he said, you know, they think this is one that they should win uh, as they enter a softer part of their schedule. This is kind of a, a line drawn in their schedule where they think they can win a couple in a row here and, and put some hay in the barn, so... Uh, Browns need to be ready. This will be a tough one, I think, uh, from start to finish. And uh, it can't be soft in this one. This one's going to be one for uh, a little bit of a slobber knocker, probably. Uh, So um, we will be uh, back uh, with you on game day preview style for Mikey on the ones and twos behind the virtual glass and Christopher Price of the Boston Globe. My name is Brad Ward. We are out.